with Catherine Toon podcast. Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. I'm excited for the message today. It was one that the Lord has been ministering to me. I did want to give everybody a heads up uh, because I will be traveling to Orangeburg, South Carolina on August 6th um, through the 8th and speaking at Impact Church, which is Pastor Rick and Sheila Watts. If you don't know them, you will want to find them and get to know them at their church. Uh, They're having a worship night on August 6th. Uh, I'm actually going to be coming in late because it's just a matter of my flights and things uh, that I will not be speaking at, but I will be joining you to enjoy in that. So you'll want to take advantage of that. And then on Saturday, October 7th, I'll be speaking uh, in two sessions. I'm looking at the times to make sure I get this right. Um, Saturday, August 7th at 1 o'clock p.m. uh, Eastern Time. And then that evening at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then I'll be ministering and speaking uh, Sunday, August 7th at the 10 a.m. Sunday morning service. And so I would really love to see you. So come and join us. I did put the link to find out more information about that. It is a free event. Um, and uh, just be happy to see you. So um, there you go. So make sure you, you tie into that if you're anywhere near or you know someone uh, near uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina. So I wanted to make sure we got that. So I have a really yummy topic today and is interesting because um, I wasn't really getting a zing. I was coming up with some topics uh, and I was like, no, it doesn't have a zing. And no, it doesn't have a zing. I was just feeling really unzingy. <laughs> and um, and then uh, I was kind of uh, going into a different mode. Uh, I love, just, just to let you know, true confessions. Um, I love Christmas and there's Christmas in July um, sales going on. And I was like having such a great time. Just, ah, oh, that's so cool. Yay, I love that. Uh, and, you know, my, my family is so awesome. They just kind of, we love you. You know, they kind of roll their eyes and like mom's at it again. Yeah, I am. I really am. I love I love to decorate. And of course, Christmas is my favorite time. So with all that going on, this was not I was not really like, you know, tapping into the heavenlies. <laughs> I was tapping into beautiful earthly things. Uh, and it was what was really great about it. And I was like, Lord, you know, should I feel bad about this? And so he goes, no, it's just something you delight in. And I delight to see you delight in the things that you delight in. Right. Um, It was such a beautiful thing. You know, in Christ, there's no condemnation. Right. Um, And where we could kind of get in the um, the sort of self-condemnation mode or whatever. God just does not do that. He just loves to see us enjoy what we love. And, you know, uh, so my family's always amused about that and um, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, and then there are things my family enjoys. So I'm like. Yeah, that's great. I'm so excited for you. Let me support you in that, but I don't get it. <laughs> and that's okay because everybody has their thing, right? So I was enjoying God's delight in the midst of what I was delighting in and his 
generosity, like, yeah, totally enjoy that. You'll, you'll get the message. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, and that was actually the message. See, we're going to talk about the God who delights. This is, oh my goodness, this is going to be such a happy message. And, uh, it's so important for us to get this. You know, we talk about God being good and then we're really not too sure, right? We talk about God being good, except, uh, God being good up to a point, God being good, but we really do. And, and this is kind of our own human alienation where we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, one shoe is God is good, but what about his judgment? What about his, um, he's good, but what about his holiness? What about his wrath? What about, you know, sin? What about the depravity we see around us? All that kind of stuff. And we keep on waiting for the other shoe to drop and there is no shoe a coming. There is no shoe coming, you know, his goodness and his holiness um, and the wrath, the passion he has with all that there, nothing's in conflict. It all looks like love and it all looks like good in a way that's not conflicted. Okay. We're conflicted. Okay. But he's not. And, and that doesn't mean that God is okay with sinful, destructive things. He's not, he's really not, but he is okay with you. And he's more, he's more than okay with you. Um, you're his kid. You may be confused. You may be messed up. You know, let me just say this. It's important that we track rightly. Let me just ask you, what defines a child? Okay. And I'm not trying to get all nebulous on here and like, you know, make the answer tricky. <laughs> um, a child is defined by the fact that they have a parent. They have a father. And so Father God, who is the father of humanity, is a father of all humanity. Okay. Um, humans, crappy choices, humans, confused choices, humans, rebels, wicked, perverse behavior, whatever, does not define whether or not they're children. Right. Um, it, the fact they're defined by their parent. Right. Not their behavior. Now, we're, we're, we may be rebelling. OK, all of that. That's not a good idea. Let's not do that. But in the place where we do um, and uh, 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 we are defined by our by our parent and we don't change parentage because of behavior. OK, and I know there's confusion around this. And sometimes we act like our father, the devil. OK. But that's not our parents. That's not saying he's our parent. That's saying we're confused about our who our parent is and we're acting like someone we're not. So I just want to put that there. So there's no exclusion. All are included, whether they know God, whether they worship God, whether they run from God, whether they're giving in the flying finger, whether they're acting with perverted and destructive and hateful or whether they're acting godly and lovely and horrible. That does not change parent parentage. Okay. Um, and God is not like fathers. You may say you're no longer my child, but God doesn't do that. He came to save and seek what was, let me think, lost. And that's everything that was lost. And so if there's a lostness in you or in any single human being on the planet and, and anything in his creation, he's after that <laughs> because he's a good dad. I had to just put that point uh, at the beginning, lest we start to exclude 
lest we start to exclude. Okay, so we're talking about the God who delights. Um, so I'm going to take you. Oh my goodness, this is like I'm sorry. This is I'll I'll I'll, I'll collect myself in a bit, but just give me a happy spasm moment <laughs> because I share. Um, so Proverbs eight, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation, and all about wisdom. I'll start in uh, verse 14 because it will be more um, uh, familiar to you, okay? Uh, and it's talking about the power of wisdom. It's like, you will find true success when you find me, for I have insight into wise plans that are designed just for you. I hold in my hands living understanding, courage, and strength. I empower kings to reign and rulers to make laws that are just. I empower princes to rise and take dominion and generous ones to govern the earth. I will show my love to those who passionately love me, for they will search continually until they find me. Let me just say this. The people who search will find what they're looking for. If you are running away from it, you're probably not going to know what's right there in front of your head, your your face. Okay, so this is not saying I love those who love me. He loves those who hate him. He just loves. He can't help it. He is love. Okay, so I just want to clear that up for just in case. We always look for those, don't we? God's not so good. He doesn't love me. Yeah, you see, it doesn't work for me, right? God, there's no loophole. God is the gap, gap filler. Uh, let's go to verse 18. Unending wealth and glory come to those who discover where where I dwell. Sorry, I'm tripping over my own self. The riches of righteousness and a long, satisfying life I will give them. What I impart has greater worth than gold or treasure, and the increase I bring benefits more than a windfall of income. I lead you in the ways of righteousness to discover the paths of true justice. Those who love me gain great wealth and a glorious inheritance, and I will fill their lives with treasures. So this is the part of this verse that you've heard before and sounds more familiar, right? And maybe slightly uh, translated, but let, let's just kick on into this next part. Oh my goodness. Okay. I will just grab a hold of myself and try not to spasm in delight too much. Okay. So we're going to talk about wisdom in the beginning. Okay, verse 22. In the beginning, I was there, for God possessed me even before he created the universe. From eternity past, I was set in place before the world began. I was the anointed from the beginning, before the uh, before the ocean's depths were poured out and before there were any foundations overflowing with water, I was there dancing. Whew, God was delighting in his creation. He was dancing. He was dancing over the waterfalls, over the mountains, over the ocean depths, over the glorious foundations. He was dancing. Okay. Verse 25. Even before one mountain had been sculpted or one hill to raise up, I was already there dancing. He's dancing over the mountains. He's dancing over his creations, right? When he created the earth, the fields, and even the first atom of dust, the seen realm, right? I added that, okay? <laughs> I was already there. 
when he hung the tapestry of the heavens and stretched out the horizon of the earth, when the clouds and skies were set in place and the subterranean fountains began to flow strong, I was already there. When he set the, in place the pillars of the earth and spoke the decrees of the oceans, commanding the waves so that they wouldn't overstep their boundaries, <laughs> I was there close to the creator's side as his master artist. Daily, he was filled with delight in me. As I playfully rejoiced, before him. I laughed and played so happy with what he had made while finding my delight in the children of men. His greatest creation, when God created, it was good. It was good. It was good. There was nothing that was not good. And then he created his kids in his image and likeness. And it was so very good. He couldn't hold himself in. He was dancing with delight. The, the, the verbiage here, let me see if I can find it here for you. So many translations, I was born or brought forth. Okay. The Hebrew word for born, you were born, is taken from a wor word that needs to twirl and kick to dance. You see, you were birthed in his delight. That is, was so unhinged um, that there's a celebratory explosion of being, uh, being danced over, twirled around, delighted in. You know, he joys over you with singing, right? Uh, that's the same word that he dances and, 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 and is unhinged in his passion and his delight for you. So you were created before the foundation of the world in union with Christ, joined to Christ because he had to secure you. You're that big of a deal, right? He had to secure you right before he sent you, right? Created in his image and likeness before him without spot or blemish before him in love, right? Well, that's not changed. Our, our, our thing is this, we get this idea that somehow the fall was so much more powerful than the original creation, that the first Adam, Adam, was so much more powerful in his impact than the second Adam, Christ, who secured you before the foundation of the world and walked it out in the flesh on planet earth because he delights in you. He that spared not his only son, how shall he freely not with him give you all things? Why? You're his delight. You know, the Lord one time said this to me. He said, Catherine, you're the fabric of my delight. That word um, workmanship and you're the fabric of his delight. That was a that's like a, a share word. Right. OK. And um, the, the 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 word workmanship in, in Ephesians 2 10, that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, born anew that you would do the good works, which you prearranged and made ready for you to live. in. that word workmanship is the word poema. I've said this before. You're his poem to the world. But what, what I may not have said recently is that word poem also is there's a figurative language of the fabric of a thing. <laughs> You're the fabric of his delight. 
He delights in you. He delights in you and your good days, on your bad days, on your indifferent ways, because love does not change based on your behavior. Love's approval doesn't approve of who you are based on your behavior. He approves of you and delights in you because you're his and that's eternal. He secured it before he sent you, right? That's eternal. You're his. Now we can rebel against that. Is he pleased with the rebellion? Well, of course not. He's a good dad. And so he does discipline those he loves. So if you're receiving some correction, some discipline, I'm loved. <laughs> Lean into it. Lean into it. Because, because the discipline that he's doing is because he's unveiling you. The one in whom he delights. Okay, let me read that again. I was there close to the creator's side as his master artist. Daily, he was filled with delight in me as I playfully rejoiced before him. That's what he wants you to do, to playfully rejoice before him. I laughed and played. He wants you to laugh and play. You can afford to. So happy with what he had made while finding my delight in the children of men. Isn't that beautiful? Not just Adam and Eve, but their progeny. Well, you're their progeny. Okay. He was pre-delighted in you. And you see, the more we track with his delight, the more we track with his love, the more delightful we become. Let me say this again. (laughs) The more we track with how loved we are, how delighted in we are, the more lovely and delightful we are unveiled to be because we're intrinsically lovely and delightful because we are in the image and likeness of God. We were marked by love before we were marred by anything else. And as you track with that, You are able and let that minister to you in any place that feels like, well, no, that's outside that. No, he couldn't possibly. Well, he doesn't delight in sinful behavior. Ding, ding, ding. He's not an idiot, but he delights in you and is helping bring you up. So you see who you are and your behavior will come up. Listen, sinfulness is is a mistaken identity. He is after that puppy to heal it. Because if you're the righteousness of God, you're as holy as he is by his design, not in and of yourself. Apart from apart from him, we can do nothing. We're not confused. We're not God. We are in his image and likeness of his essence, but we're not him. Okay. And so as we track with that, we're able to be unveiled. We're able, able to partake of the divine nature that's in us that is intrinsically delightful. Right. God created a a, a creation, a garden for his kids. You know, he could have created a work camp. He could have created a factory. He could have created a gymnastics thing. He could have created anything, but he created a garden to plant his kids in. Right. He created a garden and that was Garden of Eden, which is the garden of delight. And he placed the kids that he delighted in his delightful place. And, you know, where sin and rebellion stunk up the place where it felt like humanity was ruined and creation was ruined. Well, ding, da, ding, da, ding, ding. Jesus is was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He secured his his the creation that would rebel against him before he created it. Isn't that amazing? And then walked it out on planet Earth. 
right? So that the first Adam does not have dominion over the second Adam. The ability to ruin and destroy is not greater than the creation of God. And sometimes I think we think um, our ability to um, uh, to mess it up is greater than God's ability to fix it. And because he delights in you so much, he is after everything in you that's not tracking with his approval and his delight, which will be the very things that will empower you to walk out the holy nature that he created you in. Right. Listen, another understanding of holiness is the word wholeness. And we sin. We do sinful behavior out of brokenness because we don't know who we are. Okay, and so God's after that to heal how you see him. So number one, he's the God that dances over you. He's the God that dances over creation. He's the God that is so entranced with you as a son and daughter, whether you know him or not, whether you're rebelling against him or not, whether you're cooperating or not, whether you're, you're tithing or, 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 or healing or, um, you know, uh, watching crappy things on the internet. It's irrelevant. Your behavior, it's important, but it's not relevant to whether or not he loves you or approves of you. You don't earn his approval by his behavior, you're approved of because you're his. And from that place of belonging to him that you can't change. He's his dad, whether you rebel and and worship Satan, or he's your dad, whether you uh, partner with him to release the glory that's placed in you before the foundation of the world. Okay. He's still your dad. You don't change your your parenthood based on your behavior. You don't do that in the natural and you don't do that in the spiritual. Okay, you may uh, pledge allegiance to another father, quote unquote, Satan or whatever, the opposer, the accuser, whatever. Well, that doesn't change who you were born from. It just means you're really confused. (laughs) And God is after that confusion. Any place we're confused about who we are and any place that we're broken, God is after that because he's creating the holiness, the wholeness he's bringing to light. That's the manifestation of the sons of God. That's the unveiling of the sons and daughters of God. And as that happens, creation is released from its bondage. Listen, you unveiled is so important that if that doesn't happen, there's a a, a void in the universe that only you can fill. And there's some aspect of creation that will be held in bondage. Okay, that's not a guilt statement. Okay, that's a, wow, cooperate with God in the process. Because the more you're unveiled on this side of heaven, okay, the more you're unveiled on this side of eternity, uh, the more you're going to release the created realm free from its bondage. So lean into the correction, lean into that, because he's doing it because he delights in you. He's correcting you because he approves of you. And that brings clarity and that brings empowerment to be who we were created to be. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And one of the things we need to renew our mind about is who God is because we think he's stern and angry and whatever. No, he does not like sinful things that molest his children, but he loves and delights in us. And he's not confused. We are, right? So just unveiling of who he is and the unveiling of who you are in his image and likeness that he delights. And when you're delighted in, 
that heals your soul. That heals your soul. Let me tell you what wounded your soul. Rejection wounded your soul. Uh, when people sinned against you and, and used you and violated you and abandoned you. Okay, that 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 uh, tears the fabric of your soul, right? Um, but God coming in and saying, oh, before any of that happened, I chose you. Before any of that happened, I delighted in you. Before any of that happened, I was so delighted in you that I'm dancing and spinning and I'm still doing that because that's my son. That's my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Now, this stuff over here that needs to go, that really needs to go. Yeah, love is a consuming fire. He will relentlessly pursue everything that's not of love's kind. And so if it's not of love's kind, you are of love's kind because you're created in the image and likeness of love. Uh, whatever in you that's a false identity that's acting out of that in sinful ways. Yeah, that's that's on God's hit list. It's going down. <laughs> but you are being lifted up. Because why God is not God, God is out there to edify, to build up and remind you who you are. Remind you who he created you to be before the foundation of the world. When he took delight in you then and he takes delight in you now. And that will allow you to release the purpose that you were sent on this planet. But it has to start from his love. It has to start from his passion. It has to start from his, his delight. It has to start from the fact that you're his. You are not an orphan. You have a father who's wild about you. And he wants you to know it. And that'll create some substrate, some infrastructure in you to do uh, and to be and to be unveiled in what he's called you to, to to do and be. And he will correct you because he loves you. Yeah. Lean into it because it'll just unveil a more gorgeous you, a more true you from glory to glory to glory. So rest in that. Let him minister to that. Anything that comes up. And says, oh, no, oh, no, I don't, you know, don't delight in me. I'm, I'm ugly. I'm shameful, shameful. I'm sinful. Well, he's after that because that's an alien, an alien entity that attached itself to you. And so he's after that to be healed. That's a healing issue, right? Um, because he wants you so secure in who you are and how he adores you and how he delights you in the truth that you're the fabric of his delight. You're of his very essence, right? That's how he created you. And that doesn't change with behavior. It just gets masked, but that doesn't change identity. I hope this has been a, um, a blessing for you. Share this. People need to hear this. If you're having problems, I'm trying to think of what to recommend. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and, and um, point out my book. If you haven't read it, you will want to get this. It's called Marked by Love. Um, uh, this is unveiling the substance of your true identity, right? So what is that substance? Um, and how do I connect with it? Um, and then how do I get this healed in me. I don't, I don't feel delighted and I don't feel worthy. I don't feel clean. I don't feel whole. All of those things. I feel um, uh, unworthy. All of those lies. I feel insecure. Um, I, I feel disapproved of. I feel separate. I feel like an orphan. All these things that we feel um, and we have all sorts of coping mechanisms. Some, some of us get into it like a superiority kick. 
uh, because out of that place, what's well, the same shame that's driving it? Just ding, da, ding, ding, a little shortcut for you. Um, and I had these love encounter breaks. Uh, that means you encounter the person of love himself. Uh, and that leads you and guides you in a journaling format to help you get this more and more and more deep into your soul. If you haven't read it for a while and you feel like, just ask the Lord if I need to pick it up again and go through these love encounter breaks. Because I've had people it's like, it's been, you know, a year or two, whatever I haven't. And then I picked it up. I was like, oh, it was, it was like a whole new thing. So I'm like so excited because the Holy Spirit will just use it to help you make this word become flesh for you. So you can uh, pick this up on Amazon. I have it in the hard copy. I have it in Kindle and I have it on Audible just for you. I also have a workbook. I'll show that to you. Some people are workbook people. I have people who uh, get both, which uh, they're, they're standalones, um, but they complement. So if you want the full to do, um, you can pick up the workbook and the book. And then I also have a course. <laughs> <laughs> an online course that you can check at katherinetune.com. Lots of options. Don't mean to overwhelm you. Uh, just pick what works for you. Ask the Lord. Let him lead you what'll be the, what'll bless you the most. Um, so anyway, so there's that for you. I do have a free chapter. Uh, if you want to check it out first, chapter six, the object of his passion. Um, and that is available at katherinetune.com along with a bunch of other free stuff. Take advantage. And I hope to see you, many of you, some of you in Orangeburg, uh, South Carolina, when I come to visit to speak on August uh, 7th and 8th. Have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for joining. Share this with someone who needs it. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.